Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Funk Tuesday edition of the morning tailgate good morning everybody clay baker here with you alongside vinnie bonsignor and heidi fang from vegasnation.com as we got a great show lined up for you on this funk tuesday back at it espn's jason fitz will join us at eight o'clock we'll also go over raiders footage and with tape don't lies marcus johnson at nine o'clock six nine one eight seven is the salmon ash text line because you deserve what's right you can also hit us up on Twitter at RNR 920 AM and on the phones, the Realty One group listener line at 702-365-9200. During the show, we'll give you a chance to win a $150 gift card, a dining card to Fogo de Chon, uh, the great Brazilian steakhouse. We'll hook you up with that as well as a pair of tickets for three ice over at the Orleans Arena coming up in a week or so. Well, everybody, welcome back to the show, and uh, I know this is a uh, a massive time for you, for Heidi, because this is uh, this is one in which you start getting very very excited. If you're a Golden State Warriors fan, okay, it's not like you haven't been here before. <laughs> Wiggins, my man. Oh, I know. Putting Look how it good up things for the been. team. Yeah, you know, uh, it's really funny. I was at this Floyd Mayweather thing yesterday, and I uh, on the floor had my Fubo app open to. Keep an eye out. To keep an Whoa, eye out. We, we watch don't it. be playing that yet. We, we, we can't play a celebration don't yet? Don't be playing it's five, celebration five. yet. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So literally, it's a good win. We can stepping up for Is the team. Is that series coming back to Oakland or excuse me, San Francisco, the Bay right. Area? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's almost inevitable that it comes back for a game seven. I, I, I think at this point, yeah, these two teams are battling it out the whole way, every day. All, uh, you know, it's crazy, too, to think that Steph... It's 0 for 9 with threes in the game. That is scary for the Celtics. It was like it ended a streak for him. Yeah, that's scary for the Celtics that you can't beat the Warriors when <laughs> their best player is having a night like that. Oh, um, that's why Wiggins is my man today. Yeah. Curry. By the way, Clay, I better hear some confunction today. Confunctions in there. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we have confunction. Yeah. Vallejo, California mm-hmm. in the house. Um, yeah, all right. Yes. <laughs> you gotta go Bay Area funk tonight today, uh, after that after that win. But yeah, if you're the Celtics, aren't you a little bit uh, like like you're going home, obviously. That's that's gonna uh, help. But when when you when you look at last night's game and understand that Steph Curry had a very unlike Steph Curry game, especially in a big game, and right. you weren't able to cash in. Free throws were terrible. They gave they that were game. Subpar. What was it? 18 night subpar. They missed like 10 free <laughs> I throws. Couldn't I couldn't watch detail had, for detail, to be they honest. Had 19 turnovers. I just know, like, some of the things I was looking at while I was trying to, you know, work. <laughs> do, your, do your thing, yeah. I think it was like 19 turnovers. They missed yeah. all, double digits, I think, uh, uh, free throws. Mm. So it was all those little things that, and they you know, if you're the Warriors, it. you're ecstatic right now because yeah. you got away with one in a lot mm. of ways. You didn't play very, obviously, Wiggins was fantastic. He's only 27 years old. You know, if you look, he still has a future. That's the thing. Yeah, I Bill think he still Self, has a ceiling. Bill Self called him the second best player on the Warriors team. I right now, that. that's nice. Nice. I'd say he is. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty cool. Mr. Kansas over there. Right now, you know, nothing out of line, I don't think. No, I I, I think is when you go and acquire a guy like Wiggins years ago, you hope to come, that he comes up to a majesty where he's, you know, maybe not... 
you throw away all the hype that came in with it when you're a number one pick, but when you come in and finally start contributing on a winning team, right. but the way he's doing it was was just all power, man. And it was like, you know, when they, whatever they needed. If they needed a big shot, they made it. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Wiggins, if they needed to go down low and split apart Boston's defense, beating them at their own game. Defense. I mean, that was <laughs> defense. He was a stopper. Double. They had no answer had a, for what Wiggins double, did. Double. Yeah. I was, I was happy Playbacker, do you know who the Warriors traded to get... Andrew Wiggins. You know, I was trying to think of that on the way here, but I couldn't. I was going to look. D'Angelo Russell. Was it? Oh man, the oft-traveled D'Angelo Russell. And people thought that was <laughs> a bad trade for the Warriors. People thought that that was a bad, and they got a number one pick out of it too. Yeah, because Russell was still a pretty big scorer back then. You know, he could. People get intoxicated with scoring. They did, though. Well, you know, and uh, the Lakers had to like move on from that too. Because they yeah. realize that there's there's no. just a lot missing there's in the game, a lot. and they had drafted Lonzo Ball, so yeah. that mm-hmm. was the point guard uh, at that point. <laughs> there's been a few ever. There's been a few since. Mm-hmm. No scoring at that, but it's like, what about though Jordan Poole though? I mean, last yeah. year kind of bouncing around in the G League, now making gigantic points, the buzzer beater at the end of the third quarter. I gotta make a point, and I don't know where I'm gonna fit it in in my viewing to watch more G League. I watched like a few games here and there, caught up with um, you know, some of the players that we know from around here that have made the G League, and I, I just haven't really had the time to invest myself because they are a lot of them now, you know, future players of the NBA, and you want to know who these guys are. You've got to follow the G League. Yeah, definitely. Um, Alex Crusoe made a great point uh, when, when talking about the G League is that guys in there are trying to be stars mm-hmm. when really they're looking for role players. Okay, you know, it's like it's like he, he, what he said basically Ooh. was he was like, you know, you, you you got you you have players that are that think that they're um, interviewing to be the CEO when really they just need a janitor, you know, and so you have <laughs> to do those little things. Except if you're one of those yeah. players that go fr- straight from high school to the G League, you know, uh, there's mm-hmm. there's guys like that. But otherwise, you're you're just trying to show the NBA there's something that you can do really, really well that can help a team. Guys can score. You just shoot the ball a lot. You're going to be able to score uh, points. But that's not necessarily what teams are looking for. Can you rebound? Can you defend? Can you pass? Can you play a team game? Are you unselfish? And uh, so some guys down there have it backwards. The guys that have, like, pool. He went down there, worked on his game, uh, showed that he can help an NBA team. And he's he's definitely doing that right now. It's good to see. I, I love to see how, uh, you know, the Warriors have been able to, like, kind of turn things around and with their momentum because there was a moment where it didn't look very good and everyone was mm. all uh, up on, you know, the Celtics, oh, yeah. uh, the young legs, uh, the athletic ability. But there was something about last night where the Celtics were chasing the Warriors all over the floor. That was unbelievable what a turn of events this has become. And the part of it, too, when I was watching it, so, like, when the things started press conference started it was like what well, i think 11 points up the warriors were <laughs> and then it went to you know the yeah. half and then it came back for the third and i didn't check on it again for a good while because they were making the announcement and everything and i wanted to pay full-on attention to what was going on in front of me so i kind of just left it down to like glance out here and there you know like <laughs> then all of a sudden i see that they had lost the lead and they were down by like what, i think three or four points yes, and i was yeah. like i couldn't quite make out the score as far as i was and it was in the 80s i was like oh yeah and then <laughs> I was like, focus on Floyd, focus on <laughs> Cut the mics. We're done here. Let's wrap it up. Why is Floyd doing a presser during the NBA finals? Well, Talking about the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, well, first, yeah he was just inducted, too, into that International Hall of Fame. Okay. So he had come from New York 
He came from New York and in there, and you can you know tell he was like traveled. He was like it looked like he Minnesota, yeah, yeah. But he showed up on time. We did the press conference, and he announced that he's fighting in Japan September uh, this year. No official date set, but then uh, he also talked about the you know, idea that he gets invested in and brings a an, an MBA team. He didn't specify. What city? But he said that he's been in talks with the NBA. So our Sam Gordon is still on the uh, NBA side of things, trying to look into that and find out whether or not that is going to be you know, factual and that he is going to do it. Mayweather said he hasn't brought it up, but he's been in talks with the NBA for the last six months. What? Yeah. It would be for Las Vegas. I, I would think, yeah, but no, he no, kept no, saying it's, it's Las Vegas or another city. So I said, well, yeah, I would think Las Vegas. It's, well, there's two teams that are, this is the way I see it playing out, um, Las Vegas and Seattle. Uh, that, that would make the league a 32-team league, much mm-hmm. like the NFL. It adds up um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mathematically in terms of all the divisions that you can create. I think both of those teams would obviously be in the West. You can move. Um, I don't even know if New Orleans actually needs a team, though. Uh, <laughs> they're actually they're the Benson actually family the is pretty yeah. strong. They yeah. they love their team, but okay. it's like okay. I think they'll stick around they're for not, as long as possible. They look like the outlier, right? But they I think they're pretty strong there. Yeah, I don't I don't see any teams that are so dire that you have to uh, eliminate a team. I don't think that that's that's the road that they're going to take, especially with the mathematics of it. Make it a thirty two, yeah, yeah uh, expand by two, get Seattle rightfully get Seattle back in the in the NBA. And then you take, um, I forget how it's all dispersed right now, but you probably would take a Memphis or a New Orleans and move them to the east because those teams are in the west right now. I just wanted New Orleans because of the Pelicans. I thought maybe we could turn them to Flamingos. Oh, that's a good one. And I, you know, and pelicans are really nasty, aggressive birds. If Isn't that the state bird? <laughs> pelicans are the, are the Louisiana yes. state bird. Oh, for sure. Pelicans are nasty. They're ferocious. They're yeah. ridiculous. If you YouTube uh, pelican that versus anything, I ran into them when they're I visited there. Unbelievably awful. They want like anything you have. They're like they're like little vultures <laughs> with feet. That, yeah, yeah. They they get you, man. Yeah. They, it's like most most places they want your wallet. They're just like just give me whatever you're eating. I mean, when did a flamingo ever hurt? Anybody? <laughs> Here's, but, but as a sports team, you, you want can actually pick one of those up. Fire! You want intensity. You don't want to flamingo. You don't want. You don't want to be a bird that doesn't hurt people. You want to be aggressive and tough. They're like zero work has been done on their on their logo. They just make a few little extra yeah. touches. Like, the, oh, we're good. The phoenix rose. <laughs> buds you know <laughs> you need something the cat we're gonna burn you with the sun buds isn't burning me with the sun though baby. that's what you want you want you want something that uh is going to uh intimidate uh people but you know when you look at the pelicans if, if you get a healthy zion williamson in new orleans i mean how good can that team possibly i mean that that, well, that team has a chance to be pretty darn good they good they do but there's a problem with that organization is that the benson family for the longest time was sharing um, medical staff with the football and basketball team. Like the basketball team didn't have like their own medical right. staff. They had like they had working with the football team. So it's like they still have like a problem with like ownership really making that a priority until yeah. that happens. And I wonder if that'll ever like if Zion will even stick around for that. But what about Michael Jordan's team, the Charlotte Hornets? You know, Michael Jordan loves Las Vegas. You know, Charlotte's not exactly the He's big, not leaving the, Charlotte. The, the the big market. No. You know? No, it's going to be expansion. It'll be expansion. Guys, I have yeah. something to say. Okay. This will be great. <laughs> I got something to say. This will be great. <laughs> Questions for Ice Cube. Oh yeah, we have. Uh, we are. We were materializing yeah. Ice Cube for Thursday at nine o'clock. Yeah. On this show, That's thanks big to news. Heidi, thanks to Heidi Fang. Yeah, Cube won't let us down.
He'll be here. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you know, big he is into the big three. He's got to promote the big three. We got to do yeah. that. Yeah. And so uh, I figure, you know, why not throw some NBA questions at him? Is Las Vegas a, a you know a pliable <laughs> NBA market now? Because yeah. the, the yes. this town loves basketball. It really does. It loves football. <laughs> Guys, I got something to say. I have yeah, a no. mic on a radio I show. Know. Oh, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> coffee will kick in. Keep chugging. <laughs> but. This town loves Vegas yeah. Summer League. It always, uh, you know, it always has a real love for basketball with the running rebels. And what now, though? Can it? I mean, what would that look like as fostering an NBA team? How how important is it to have your own team versus a team that comes over and is not an expansion team? You know, no, no, it's got to be. It'll be an expansion team. Um, and I was a young intern mm. back in the day, right over there at the Thomas and Mack Center. When Kareem Abdul-Jabbar broke the scoring record, I was there at uh, at Thomas and Mack Center. You want to hear an interesting story? Yeah, that's that's like one of the big like top five moments in Vegas sports history. Yes. That moment. Vinny, great, do you have something to say? It's a great, <laughs> it's a I got great to say. It's a great trivia question. They were playing the Utah Jazz back in the day. The Jazz would play what seven or eight games here in Las Vegas. Yeah, um, Salt Lake City's not too far from here, and there was. Utah was sort of teetering. Is, is Salt Lake City going to be going to work for you know long range they had for to an fix NBA that arena? Team? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, anyways, uh, they would play a certain amount of games here. There's two Utah. There's two Las Vegas uh, Lakers stories that that I was a part of. One was when Kareem broke the scoring record, which is a great trivia question. Nobody realizes that he actually broke the scoring record in Las Vegas, and there's no team in in the NBA or Las Vegas NBA team. Anyway, after the game. Um, we're getting ready to get on the bus to get to go to the hotel, and uh, I noticed there's a guy in a suit holding a uh, bat, uh, you know, uh, uh, the the what do you call it, the um, on 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 the hoop, you know, the 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 net, the net. And I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking over at the, uh, I'm looking over at the basket that uh, Cream, you know, hit the shot on, and yeah. it's there's no net, and I see this dude where you know holding the net, kind of trying to sneak out of the arena, and I went up to him, I go, what are you doing? What's He's like, well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with the Utah Jazz. I'm taking. I'm like, no, no, no. That net's going back with the Lakers. <laughs> what are you, t-? you know? And so then he tries to like, you know, get out of it. And all of a sudden, all these security people for the Lakers swarm over there, and we get the net. It's now in the Hall of Fame. And you know, I was like, kind of saved the day. I was like this young intern with the Lakers, but I saw what was going on. And I was like, no, you're not the Utah. You guys don't get this. The Lakers get this. This is Kareem's. You wow, know? And then yeah, he gets to decide. Save the net. Save the net. Yeah. A few years later during the uh, L.A. riots, we were right in the middle. And I was working for the Lakers at that point, right in the middle of a playoff series against the Portland Trailblazers when yeah, the riots started. Mm-hmm. And um, which if anyone knows Los Angeles, the forum, which is where the Lakers played, was mm-hmm. right down the street from the basically the epicenter of, of the riots. Uh, so we had to finish that game while the riots were erupting around us. And then, you know, when everyone woke up the next morning, obviously you saw the carnage. You saw just, you know, what was going on. And it was still festering. And the NBA was like, you can't play an NBA series, playoff series here. So we had to switch it to Thomas and Max. So that series mm-hmm. and the Portland Trailblazers won it. Uh, to end up going to the NBA finals, Clyde Drexler, that whole crew, uh, that game. Yeah, the 91, deciding 92. Game. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we all got on buses and and drove out to Las Vegas to uh, to <laughs> to put a game on. It was crazy. It, it was, was game four. It was nuts. It was like a uh, you know uh, a moment in time where it's like it, there was so much chaos going around because the whole focus was like what's happening in Los Angeles, right? 
and uh, there was just uh, tons and tons of stories and footage coming out of there. But you guys were tipping off at twelve thirty at the Thompson Mac Center. Yeah, it wasn't after yeah. the game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and it was. It was one of those situations where you just have to, as the, as the organization, having to like move the whole operation, um, you know, from L.A. to another city. It was in in the matter of hours, really. You know, the decisions made. Then you got to figure out a way to sell tickets, all of that type of stuff. Um, you know, and uh, and it was really inevitable because the Trailblazers was really good that year. They were it wasn't one of the great Laker teams. This is in the no. '90s after Kareem, after yeah. Worthy wasn't there anymore, and uh, so on and so forth. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Las Vegas and the Lakers have been um, tied at the hip in some ways. Oh, big time! That uh, that series when when Denver had to start playing or Salt Lake City had to start playing games, Utah Jazz. There was a thought here in the. Uh, in Las Vegas, and this is from uh, Ron Futro, who joined us a few months ago, and he explained that they had a uh, an outcry from the public because the casinos still wanted to keep putting NBA games on the board, but the NBA had a problem with that. So if Utah was playing here, could you at least not put up uh, Utah Jazz numbers, you know? And the gaming industry was like, no, we're going to do what we want to. Yeah. But there was an outcry from the public here in Las Vegas saying, you know what, we want pro sports so badly just you know, please just go along with what the NBA is doing because mm-hmm. we really want to see these games. And it was like the slow evolution of this town starting to move away from its gambling roots to a point where you know finally somebody you know in the public getting together to root against what gaming really wanted. That doesn't always happen because gaming gets its way. Gaming always gets its gaming, way. Yeah. Gaming well, is 90, as strong as Metro. 90% of the time gets its way? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll never 99.9%. F- <laughs> I'll never forget being at uh, one of the they have thousands of meetings I had to go to uh, during the whole, you know, the, the Rams and the Chargers and the Raiders thinking about going to, to Los Angeles and obviously the Raiders um, thinking about moving here to Las Vegas and, and at one of the endless uh, meetings, owners' meetings that I was at and talking to an NFL owner about the possibility of the Raiders being in Las Vegas and what kind of concerns do you might have, you know, with the with the gambling aspect of it. He pulls out his phone and he's like, Vinny, I could bet on a game right now if I want to. On my phone. Wow, really? Come on. Like like are we really that worried <laughs> anymore? You know, like like the, you could bet anywhere now. And where what better place than Las Vegas to really be able to govern it and to to protect it and to secure it? Oh, that's true. And all that that's a town that understands how to do that, what to look for, uh, the pitfalls, the problems, who to pay attention to, all of that type of stuff. There's no better city equipped to deal with that. But more than anything, betting happens everywhere. And you know, you go to we travel a lot, Heidi. Obviously, yeah. there's so many there's so many stadiums that right across the street's a casino. You know, right down the street, there's a casino or there's or they're named after casinos. I think uh, I don't know if it's still like this in in uh, in Phoenix where the Suns play, but it used to be Talking Stick uh, Arena. That's a casino. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Mm -hmm. there's always signage with casinos. So there's so that line was becoming more and more and more blurred uh, as time went on. So and and the concerns, uh, Clay, about the betting aspect started to dissipate and people started to really come around on it. Until they catch Calvin Ridley betting on games and he's gone uh, for the year. It's I a mean, good sign that they're on top of it. Because that's the idea. Like they can already see where money's going. They have yeah. an idea of who's betting it mm-hmm. and how much they're betting. And then they they have it all documented. They're, nobody's good, as good as what Vegas has been able to do for decades, finding uh, not only consumer behavior, but uh, making sure problems get stopped before they happen. Exactly. I got to do something now with my Keeper League. Thank you, Calvin Ridley. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, they, I, I don't think that year long suspension is going to get dropped at any it time soon. It's really good three years. Ago, I got two words for you, Russell what? Gage. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah it's a, He's going to be the answer in Atlanta. Uh, it doesn't get a people's eyebrow out of me. No. I'll tell you that. I'm like, yeah, Russell Gage. I don't know. Russell Gage I could has, be wrong. He has something I'll, to I'll say. I'll go ahead and uh, <laughs> write that pencil that You know what we do here. know, guys? The Raiders canceled their last OTA practice for today. It's a pretty good sign. Uh, I would say that uh, that that the coaching staff and the staff is pretty happy with how things went this offseason. So they were supposed to practice today. We were supposed to be out yeah. there uh, as the media. Then we got word yesterday afternoon that uh, that Josh McDaniels uh, announced to the team, time to go home, time to call it an offseason. We'll see you in July at training camp. How awesome, First of all, mm-hmm. how awesome is that, that the next time we're going to see the Raiders uh, is for training camp. So uh, so the, the clock is ticking, but also the fact that I think that you know this new staff was, was, was happy with how things went this offseason. Yeah, and I think that it's also indicative just of the amount of work, like you said, that they put in. They've been going at it, whether in an organized team activity or out on their own trying to build camaraderie and that kind of stuff. So, And keep in mind, half of these players are so involved in the community, from Kenyon Drake having his event, uh, and uh, you have Darren Waller always constantly active in the community, Max Crosby, Devontae Adams is out here now doing things. He's got something going on, yeah. Yeah, so it's a good time for them to kind of relax, be with their families or loved ones, and uh, also a lot of them are taking that extra time to kind of reflect and get back to the community. Phase one started in April. I mean, I had to look back. I go, how long have they been at it? It always surprises me. Like, wow, they've been going at it for like two months now. You know, whether that phase one is the mm-hmm. conditioning p- part mm-hmm. of it, and then it, it ramps up to phase two, and you're allowed to be out there on the field, but you can't go offense, defense. Then phase three, which is what we just completed, and the mini camp. Um, it's 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 the, the way they space it out. It's spaced out over a long period of time. These guys are are are, are at it almost year round, and. Uh, and this break is well-deserved, and, and hopefully they take their time now. If you talk to coaches and general managers, this is a time you really start to worry because you don't have the players here. Yeah, you, you know? don't have them. There's no control. They go home, especially yeah. if you're a rookie player you know, that has some money now and uh, go home and, and probably for the first time since they, the they wrapped up, yeah. really mm-hmm. since they wrapped up their, their college season because you know – uh, Heidi, it's it it. If you're an NFL yeah. uh, prospect, you turn right Senior to goal, yeah. yeah the Combine. going to mm-hmm. practice with your you you usually enlist the help of a of a center or a you know a training center. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're 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 preparing, you're preparing, you're preparing, you're doing the like you said the Senior Bowl, the scouting combine, the personal workouts, the private workouts, the draft, the mini camp, the rookie mini camp, the all of that. Your time is occupied now. All of a sudden, you have about three weeks off, so you just. Right. Keep your fingers crossed that you know everybody comes back healthy and safe um, in July when when training camp starts. So that, there's some sleepless yeah. nights for general managers. That's the idea. <laughs> yeah, like you said, safe. true man. Come back to Vegas where it's safe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and if you if you keep your nose clean, you know it's pretty mundane. Like yeah, you know, I can barely go to a casino unless I have a friend that's visiting or like yesterday. Hey, you're you know Floyd Mayweather at the M Hotel. Okay, so I walked through a casino. I didn't do anything. I didn't gamble. I didn't, you know, get a drink. Nothing. I just walked through the casino. I think that's the one thing that surprises. Watching. Yeah, there was a guy named Mark that escorted me. I just want to give a shout out to him because I never would have found the room. Never, ever, ever. He worked for the M, and he just happened to see me carrying like his trunk and (laughs) media ten tripods. He's like, I know where you're going. I was like, does his name start with an F? He's like, yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> Code words. Yeah, right. You so, brought up a great point, up, though, about uh, being detached from the action, you know, yeah. and, and, if, and if you want to be detached, you're going to be detached here. And I think that's one thing that surprises so many of the players that, that come out here for the first time and spend some extend, extended time in mm-hmm. Las Vegas. And I, I equate it to myself when I moved out here. When I was, you know, in Southern California, you would come to Las Vegas for a couple of days, spend some time at the Strip, and then bang, you're out of there. And that's all you knew of Las Vegas. Um, until you move out here and actually experience what life is <laughs> in this area, yeah. and you realize, oh, okay, this isn't, you know, if you want to make that the priority, obviously you can, um, and that being the strip and all that it has to offer down there. But if you don't, and if you want to just live a normal life, Las Vegas, Summerlin, Henderson, it's it's, it's as normal as can be. And I it's, think that surprises sure people. This is funny because when I first came here, when I was, I came, I was 21 with a girlfriend for her uh, mother's wedding, I believe. And we spent the whole weekend, you know, and did. So if I would visit yourself. Yeah, yeah whole okay. gambling thing, did yeah. all of it. I remember I, first machine I sat at, because I didn't know nothing about it. I sat at a slot machine. I won $600, and because I thought it was that easy, it, of course, it went all the way back by the end of the night. Wow, that's great, didn't really. Save any, even I'm a, 600 I didn't down, even save a honey to get some prime rib. <laughs> that's What's wrong awesome. with me? And so anyhow, I go, and then we... You know, we had a great time. We rented a convertible. We went down the strip. We had a blast. Oh, man. Throwing the money around. Good times. But yeah, so long story short, like my mom moves here. I think it was some like five years <laughs> later, right? Maybe no less. Like, because it was after, so like maybe four years later. And she was talking about moving here. And I thought about it. And I was like, I was, I, I was trying to get out of the Bay Area and move on to new media ventures. And, uh, and she she says, you think about coming to Vegas? I said, no. And she said, why not? I was like, because I will die. Because <laughs> you were thinking time. just of I do. the yeah. yeah. It's like, if you go to New York, do you go to Times Square? Right. Maybe, maybe not. You know, as a, as a person that lives there, never. No, right, exactly. <laughs> I love that. The normally, like, total self-control and discipline. That's what well, Heidi's I knew. best adjectives are. But uh, you sat down at your first machine, like, not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. a good one. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. In fact, uh, let, let's touch on something right before uh, when we do. Uh, like, what should the... You know the coaches and staff be happy with what? What are some of the things that kind of happen in training camp that actually they should be kind of like? You know what? This is good and not of approval. We'll talk about that on the other side here on Raider Nation Radio. Now back to the morning tailgate with Clay Baker on R and R nine twenty AM. Be part of the show. Text us on the Salmon Ash text line. Text the keyword R and R followed by your message to six nine one eight seven. Here's the play action. Looking, can't find an open man. Now he's got somebody over, wide open down the middle. Complete. Twisting around is Hunter Renfro. He is down the 15-yard line. A huge play as Renfro broke wide open on this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you feeling this one, Vinny? The function? Heck, yeah. This is your function. Did you see them at the forum? Did you see I did not see Confunction no. at the Forum. So many, 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 many concerts. Great concerts uh, at the Forum. But I didn't see Confunction. Unless they're a part of, like, you know how they would have the funk shows? Yeah. Um, or rock shows. They're talking about that. They'd be all kinds that. of them with, yeah. like, different groups. And, like, people just show up. And the th- cameos. Yeah. yeah. Saw Prince plenty of times at the Forum. Lucky. The thing oh, about, the thing about those. Envy. The thing about. Oh, the best. The best. The best. Oh, it's bringing up a regret on my end when uh, Prince did the residency out here. 
it was right around when the you know my son was born and we were all like you know we're gonna be you know more important to stay at home but it was at the Rio, and it was only like $150 a ticket, which seemed a lot at the time, but yeah. it's like what I would do to do anything like that, like to go and just be like, all right, I'm, I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to go see who I love and cherish for years and buy all the albums. And like now it's like you, you let these things slip away. Don't live a life of regret. It's it's hell on earth. All right. And, and, and even Heidi's feeling it's like, I, I wish I didn't win that $600. I wish I would have put that money and bought tickets. To parents. Yeah. Specifically, that would have been great. I'm not yeah. normally starstruck uh, working in LA. You know, you get used to that. I'm sure yeah, in the sure. Bay Area as well. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was. I forget which final it was. It might have been the Lakers against the new uh, at the then New Jersey Nets. And um, so we're in the press room, and the press room is uh, on on the floor level. And there was a there was a restroom uh, there that you know from time to time people that were sitting on the floor level. Would, would come use. So you would see a lot of different people, a lot of interesting people coming back there. And all of a sudden, I'm writing my story uh, at halftime, trying to get ahead of things. And who whooshes right next to me is Prince. Oh. Going to use the bathroom in the um, in the press room. And I had to take a second or two to kind of like oh. regroup. I had seen him in live. I had seen him, you know, sitting there at the at, at Staples Center and before that, the forum. Um, so it's not like it was the first time I'd ever really seen him, but just to, to realize that was Prince who just brushed past me going to use the restroom. Um, I had to take a second or two. And that's the first time that I've ever I've ever really had that feeling about somebody. I had to take a second or two the first time I saw the Controversy album. He was uh, from then on put on my walls. Prince was like probably right my, first, my first uh, boyfriend on my walls. <laughs> Fantastic album. Yeah. Scaring the heck out of your mom like, oh no. Oh, I think is... she was all right with it. I she think was she was okay? all right with Prince. Yeah, she Prince was, was like, yeah. Until little Nikki came on and then we're like, uh, Heidi, turn well, that music down. No, yeah, it wasn't. I, it was, uh, oh yeah, that song. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> That was a few years, it, yeah, it, years it, later. It was Prince. I had a Michael Jackson uh, thing like in, you know, 84 or so. When the Beat It uh, album and all that was out, Thriller, and then uh, Tom Cruise because of Top Gun when that first came out. Hence, everybody has heard heard my Maverick rants on this show. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe that I've become like a spokesperson for people who are on the fence about seeing Top Gun Maverick. I'm like, just go, man. Yeah. Give, it to you. Give everything you want out of that movie. <laughs> I got my brother to see it. He said he, said he wasn't sure about it because he thought it was just going to be another rehash. Like you see a lot of those late, like no one has originalities. Have you ever talked to Adam Hill about his movie? Um, oh, yeah. I don't. I wouldn't call it a fetish or anything like that. It's just a pre- he. It has to be something that could happen in real life happen in real life if it's like star wars he won't watch it yeah. but i told him there's a black hole that was found in the milky way and the intergalactic travel can be possible oh uh, yeah i'm borderline with him in some ways uh um, oh, he needs to have it like uh, it's got to be relatable yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like uh, i'm with that i'm that way with books yeah it, it has to be like a murder mystery it has to be uh you know something that could actually happen not something that somebody conjures up in their mind <laughs> And, I'm um, a conjurer and, and, and runs with it. I just <laughs> i I need human relations. I need uh, you know what I'm saying. Like yeah, I yeah, need yeah. I need something that I can, can that I feel could literally happen tomorrow. I just need uh, something creative and fun that takes me on a ride. Yeah, 
That's all it's about. I like to I like to be part of the ride. Well, that's the thing. Like, what kind of escape do you want now? Because sometimes my tastes have changed. Like, I can't do the fantasy books anymore. Of like, uh, like uh, you know, of sci-fi. You uh, didn't uh, read Harry horror. Potter. <laughs> I didn't. Read yeah, Harry like that's not, <laughs> that. I could. I could just. I have no interest in any of that type of stuff. Right. Right. So it's like I, I find myself now going. It has to be all like nonfiction, and I don't know why that is. Muggles. Yeah, muggles. Yeah, muggles. You know what? Uh, I got something to say. First of all, um, and, and I'll tell you what, Russell Gage is no longer with the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> He's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And thank you uh, who sent that in on, on, on Twitter. Mr. Yeah. No, wait, no, that's John Jay with a whole bunch of numbers at the end. Mr. John Jay. Out and, there listening. And I was trying to scramble there. I was thinking, all right, well, who's on the depth chart there that's, you know, of course they drafted Drake London. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Heidi's like Brian Edwards. Yep. And that, maybe that's one of those things that the reason why, uh, many reasons probably come to it, of why the Raiders are not going to have a you know a practice today, a mini camp practice, and you know, giving the players a day off is because they obviously feel, like you said, good and maybe relieved that you know things have come along to a, such a progression that they don't need to push any further and drill down right now because they'll let the guys have some time off and then they'll get back to work. But maybe it was one of those things where even in the wide receiver room, that they had to take care of business. And at one point they realized Brian Edwards is not going to be able to play on this team. And they had to find out like that, as well as with other guys that they're just not fitting in. And you know what? You want more from that position, but you know, a guy like Brian Edwards who was drafted and was thought highly uh, when he came in, it just did not pan out, but the Patriots themselves uh, would never wait too long on a wide receiver. Maybe the McDaniels system now is like when they're with the Raiders, that they are like, we need immediate production. We need to have guys that we're not going to wait on. And whatever it was, Brian Edwards, it was not the fit. Yeah, well, and you look at what the Raiders did with the uh, with the wide receiver room, and they went from really young to very experienced now. There's nobody that they, that they have to wait on. Everybody is a proven commodity. Even your guys like Demarcus Robinson and 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 Mac Collins, they are what they are. Uh, you know what you're you know exactly what you're getting. And barring an injury or barring some unforeseen um situation, you know what you're gonna get from them. You know what you're gonna get from Devontae Adams, you know what you're gonna get from Hunter Renfro, you know what you're gonna get from Darren Waller and Keelan Cole uh, and Matt Collins and 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 Demarcus, Demarcus Robinson. Yeah. You know, you know, <laughs> so when when you they eliminated all the uncertainties and youth is great. Rookies are great. It's the future. It's the hope. It's all great. It's going to all work out. But there is a level of uncertainty, uh, and in some cases, a great level of of uncertainty. Uh, And they've eliminated that in that room. This is a veteran wide receiver room that you know pretty much exactly what you're going to get, and there's some comfort in that. Right. I mean, it's not like you're looking at a Bears roster and going, you know, which of these guys is going to be my standout receiver? Couldn't name one wide receiver right now for the <laughs> Yeah, rest. there's uh, Daryl Mooney, yeah. Brian Pringle, <laughs> oh, yeah. Jones. Oh, Pringle, all right. Yeah, those are some of the names. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's some sorry stuff. You talk about an offseason where you did not add anything of, of hope. <laughs> to help your young quarterback? Uh, to help him out? Like, they didn't offer anything. Right. right. Now, so, no disrespect to anybody that you just named, Heidi. Maybe they're going to Hey, maybe they're going to bust and out. We, and we will. And I know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> But but the it's fact possible. is, but the fact is, as as we sit here today, that's just great uncertainty right mm-hmm. there for the Bears. Whereas with the Raiders, there's mm-hmm. you you know what you're getting. I think what positions would there be? You know, in terms of uh, you know what you're getting, and in, uh, in, at wide receiver, at running back, I would say at quarterback, uh, tight end. Um, but then what positions are? 
There are in certain positions with the Raiders. There's no question about sure. that. Exactly. There are some stuff. But as as McDaniels had brought up the fact that like we're going to look at things that needs to get work on, then we'll reprioritize once we get to training camp. What do you think is the one reprioritize? Uh, uh, what are they going to key in on right now? <laughs> Is it is it just offensive line or is there some stuff on defense? Because no. they never really talk about the defense that needs to right. get done. It's always been very quiet. But I for think, me, I have more questions about the D. Yeah, I think with like linebackers, we know what Perryman's going to do. You know, Fackrell's there. You know, there's people in position, I think, that are going to be big playmakers in this defense when you look at linebacker. But Vinny, is there someone that like really stands out? to you aside from Perryman that you're like that guy is going to be just killer on the field you know as far as linebackers mm -hmm. I think I think linebackers uh, when you look at the Raiders linebackers uh, I think it's more solid okay maybe not great but solid Jayon Brown you pretty much know what you're going to be able to get True, from a Jayon yeah. Brown a Kenny Young who I think is uh, has a level of, of, of established certainty now after starting for the Rams last year in the Denver Broncos um, you, you know, capable league average type players. Uh, I don't think you're you're expecting stardom from any of those guys. Just capability and 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 being able to produce and at at an at NFL level. So I think uh, that that exists. I think for me, the defensive, the interior, of the defense. You know what you're going to get with Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, right? right? I mean, that's those are two Pro Bowl caliber players. The interior of the defensive line. Um, you know, I think uh, Bilal Nichols has a level of. You know he's he's established, but how is he going to fit in? Uh, how's Jonathan Hankins going to play now, being primarily uh, that 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 nose tackle? Mm -hmm. um, and and the rest of the Andrew Billings, uh, Vernon Butler, the rookies that they drafted on the interior line. I think last year showed that you could get a you could you could collect a bunch of dudes uh, in the interior of the defensive line and get something out of them. That's what definitely happened last year, but. Going into this year, I would say the interior of the defensive line is a little bit of an uncertainty. Yeah, I was watching Kyle Pecco the other day, and I because I, his name interests me. You know, he's been around the league a few years, and he's one of the bigger guys that they brought Big in dude, at yeah. So I was like, "What's he going to do? I want to see." What he's mm -hmm. And it's so far away, I really couldn't tell anything. But Eat it was space <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, and I saw him next to Clee Farrell, and I was like, "Wow, comparatively." Yeah, what's it look like? Clee looks like a toothpick. Is that right? Yeah, he's it's, definitely. <laughs> he's a big dude, but but that's what I love about the defensive line yeah. is that uh, well, not love, but intrigued by it. There's there's everything that you need basically mm -hmm. is there. The, the the big space eaters, a guy like Clee who might be able to go inside outside. He's obviously got a lot of questions. You know right. what you're getting from Max and from Chandler Jones. Hankins is a big old dude that can uh, that can that can eat up space. Um, so there's a lot of versatilities to be able to build um, whatever kind of defensive front you need against whatever team you're going to play. Now it's all on paper, uh, but but they've they it seems like they've covered most of their bases in terms of the body types that you need. Yeah, and then you say you think like some of these picks that they got, like Neil Farrell, mm -hmm. where's he going to fit in on this line? You know, and when you talk about like the uncertainty of Clee, like I started thinking of, okay, is this just going to be a thing where he's in situationally uh, on this team? You know, granted he makes the team again and you know it's going to be something where maybe you you look at what he's producing out there and maybe he's just like a third down guy or you know, maybe it's just when max or you know needs a spell or something like that and I, I don't know what this means but um the last day we were there uh, last week uh he was getting first team reps uh clean yeah. but but i think Bilal nichols was he was he was not on the field so okay presumably that was his spot but at least at this point anyway um, a D tackle, it, it, yeah, defensive yeah. tackle, exactly. So it went, it went, it went, it went. Uh, Max Crosby, 
Clee Farrell, Hankins, mm-hmm. Chandler Jones. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I think that uh, where 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 Clee was lining up is probably where Nichols will, will line up uh, when he's out on, on the field. But at least it shows you that he's in the rotation a little bit right yeah. now. And it, and it is a different position for him, Clay. That's a different spot. He's been a defensive end. Now yeah, he's. Right. It looks like for sure he's uh, at, at least in that practice. He was he was moved to the inside. We'll see if he takes. We'll see if that unlocks him a little bit. All right, we're off and running here on Raider Nation Radio. Vinny, Heidi, and Clay. We'll take a break on the other side, and we'll also get your thoughts at seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred here on Raider Nation Radio. Now back to Clay Baker with your morning tailgate on Raider Nation Radio. Jason Fitz will join us from ESPN at 8 o'clock in just a few minutes. We have time for phone calls at 702-365-9200. The Realty One Group listener line, 702-365-9200. Vinny, Heidi, Clay on your Funk Tuesday. And we're going out to the Rocky Mountains with Raider Dave in Denver. Good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning. It's the new trifecta of radio. Very nice. Very nice. Very it's nice. a power trio. What uh, What's on your mind about the D? Well, first off, I think you guys need a new promo for this uh, run VHC trifecta in the morning. Oh, Bye. look what you did there. Good day. Yeah, run see, like, Raider Nation, Nation just talked this way. Do it again. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Sing it, Dave. Anyway, uh, Vince Wolfolk was a, uh, a huge, probably gold-jacketed someday, if he isn't already, a defensive tackle or nose guard for New England Patriots, right? Yes, that's right. A long, long time, right? Right, right. So he anchored that for such a long time, and I think that that 3-4, that was what you really need, somebody like that to go ahead and, and anchor that kind of a 3-4 line, whether Abrams comes up and is a rover linebacker all over the place, wide left, wide right, strong, weak side, whatever. Um, I just don't know if Hankins or anybody else can play that role. So without that, do they really base themselves more on a 4-3 than a 3-4 that people are talking about? Well, I think the um, you know the, the coaching staff will tell you this. Uh, I think they're going to be a base three four defense, but the way they look at it, you only play base around shoot like twenty six twenty seven percent, if that, uh, uh, you know, uh, of, of the time. So for right now, it is Jonathan Hankins. He does have experience uh, playing a nose tackle in this type of a system, uh, going back to his uh, his days, I think, in New York. Um, so for now, he's the, he's the best option uh, at that position, and I think Jonathan Hankins. Uh, we'll be able to we'll, yeah. he'll be able to pull that off uh, in 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 that role. Um, I'm sure down the road uh, they're going to look to upgrade that position, but for now it'd be it would be Jonathan Hankins. Right? right. Is it they're like about forty percent of the NFL running three four? So it's not like there aren't just like a couple of really good players in the league. They could go somewhere and get somebody. They have a pretty decent amount of nose tackles to choose from across the league. Yeah, and I think there's probably some guys. Uh, we'll take a look at it here in a little bit, but uh, that 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 are on the open market uh, as we speak that they could go uh, uh, turn their attention to. So, but I think for now, um, I think that there's a familiarity with Jonathan Hankins, and I think a, a confidence level uh, that that he could pull that position off. He's kind of an unsung hero, you know. He's been there, there's a reason why guys like Jonathan Hankins stay around. It might not be on the big time contract, uh, but from year to year, uh, the Raiders obviously uh, want to keep him in the fold. And there's always a reason for that. He's big enough to go ahead and take up that A gap, which for all the bandwagon 49er fans, that's between the garden and the center. Ah. I just want to educate them when they come on over because their team is terrible. Um, 
to take up that A gap like that is going to take a big dude. I don't know if Hankins is as big as somebody like Wolf or whatever, but it is going to take somebody pretty big. And so Heidi's line on that would be, um, just give me a kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Great job, Dave. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. There's an unsung hero uh, aspect to playing nose tackle. I mean, you're not going to get the big stats. I remember talking to somebody in the NFL who played that position, and um, you know his tackles weren't all that high. And uh, he's like, look how many double teams I, I take. Yeah, Leading the league in double teams, all right? And he's okay. like, I'll take that over a tackle any day. Yeah, it's great to get a tackle, but you know when I'm getting double teamed, guess what? It frees other people up uh, to, to go make plays. He goes, there is a, a value to that. I'm... Completely happy, content, satisfied, and so are my coaches when I'm getting double team and double team and double team, eating up space in the middle and allowing other people to go do their thing. And it takes an un, usually unselfish person to be able to be okay with that. Yeah, and Hankins has never stood out to me as being a guy that is about himself. <laughs> no, not at all. He's a team guy. And I think what's interesting to me about certain people, especially like interior defensive linemen, is when you hear about them and their name, the more often I hear less of them I think the better because that means they're doing their job and they're not sticking out on paper where you're like oh you missed this nightmare oh he let this guy through you know it's like okay he's He's made 30 million dollars doing just that Mm -hmm. what we talked about yesterday knowing who you are and and being okay with that and and letting that be uh what your career path is 30 million dollars is not money to be laughing at or sniffing at um and being an unsung hero along Mm -hmm. the way just want your extra time in you. <laughs> oh, boy. Russell Gage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to take a break. Jason Fitz, he joins us next. It's Raider Nation's <laughs> Grammy winner. He'll, he'll join us. We'll talk about some of the comments that happened at ESPN. Tried to exploit on Devonta Adams talking about comparing Aaron Rodgers with Derek Carr. All that and more with Fitz next. Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.